0: It is great to be here. Um, so hopefully, some of you uh, remember me from many years ago, um, and some may remember me from two weeks ago. Uh, and those who don't, I'm Joe Herbert James. Uh, I used to come to this church when I was younger. It's actually the place where I really gave my life to Jesus. Uh, so I feel like I am at home. I remember when this building was first opened, and we were well before that, and we were painting walls and. Those sorts of things. Um, So, uh, as you know, I I just heard, I live in Cardiff now. Um, My husband and I moved down last year. I'm pursuing a PhD looking at faith engagement and ecology, but particularly looking at the current uh, ecological crisis in terms of climate change and faith engagement with it. So, um, I'm talking about, you know, one of my favorite subjects, really. Um, So, it is great to be here. Um, okay. Uh, now, following on from now, I've got it on here and on the clicker. I'm going to make sure this works. So last time I was talking about the this value of connection and how excited I am that this value connection is something that YCC talks about. So I talked about Shalom, if you remember. The concept, the biblical concept of Shalom is about Good, right relationship with God, with others that are close to us, others that are far. It's not very well distinguished on there. Um, So our global neighbor, the systems and the powers that make up this world, uh, our relationship with wider creation and our relationship with ourselves. And so all of those things being interconnected, and these next number of weeks we're looking at those individually. But I want to remind us that as much as I'm going to talk about our connection or our reconnection with creation today, it doesn't sit outside of this diagram. It is always in connection with our relationship with God, ourselves, with others around us. So, uh, you know, I don't know how well this is going to work in here for those of us who are sat on our own. But um, if anyone's heard me speak before, you'll know that I like to ask questions. Um, so, you, if you're at home, this might be a little bit easier. If you're sat on your own in here, I don't know how easy it's going to be. Without breaking any rules, I want you to turn to the person next to you, if you can, or someone near you, uh, and answer this question. Does nature exist to serve us humans, or do we exist to serve nature? Okay, I'm going to give you a minute or two. Um, If you can safely go to someone near you in the room or at home, this should be fine. Does nature exist to serve us humans, or do we exist to serve nature? Off you go. All right, how are we getting on? Did anyone manage to answer this? Yeah? Does anyone in the room want to shout out? I mean, without taking your mask off? This is awkward, isn't it? Both, both, excellent, good answer. You got that it was a trick question. Um, So, This is, I mean, we won't go into the nuances of the answer to this, but yes, this is really a false dichotomy, although I wonder how we live, particularly in the West, whether we live as if it looks like both, or whether if someone didn't ask us the question and observed our lives and asked that question, how would they answer it? Do we live like nature exists to serve us or do we live like we exist to serve nature or is there this mutual relationship that if someone came in uh, not knowing any of us, would they observe that there was this mutual reciprocal relationship going on between us and nature? Now I wonder... It's a bit challenging, isn't it? Can you imagine? It's a bit hard to imagine. Can you imagine someone coming from another world and observing how we live? Well, um, I'm not. I'm not advocating that there are aliens and that is about to happen. Just to be really clear. Um, but what makes me reflect on this question partly is because I. It's. I kind of did have an experience of going to what felt like uh, another world. Now, um, possibly poor timing, but about a month before uh, Pete and I got married, um, i this was me going down the Amazon rainforest um, in a slightly... Um, I mean, it was a stable boat, um, but perhaps... Uh, lacking some uh, life jackets and things like that. But anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, So I did a trip to the Amazon when I was working for Tear Fund. And we went down... So they said we were going to have a short boat ride. Um, Short in the Amazon means uh, about five hours. Uh, just in case you're ever there and someone tricked you into thinking it's a short boat ride. Uh, and we went down and we spent a few days with an indigenous community there, living deep in the forest. So, yep, that's us going down. Um, and when we got there, uh, we had a really good time with them. Um, oh, I think one of my pictures is missing, but never mind. Um, we we arrived that day. We were excited. They were showing us some of um, their community, where they were living. And they said to us, they were asking us a little bit about our life in London. And they said to us, in London, um, do you you guys walk? And we were like, "Uh, yes, we do walk. Uh, And they said, yeah, but like, would you like, do you want to go for a walk with us? We want to show you something. And they were like, but you used to like walking, you know, and we were like, we will. We manage that. It's OK. And they were like, but about 45 minutes. Is that OK? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. We can manage that. OK, so again, if anyone in the Amazon asks you if you want to go for a walk, check the terrain. Because uh, we went for a walk that was uh, 45 minutes or much longer. Actually, it took us up a very, very steep hill. Um, this was the view at the top, so the community that you can see, sort of, the other side of the river was the community that we were in. Um, and up we went, so that's how far we had to climb to get that kind of a view. Uh, incredible. Now, um, the this is the chief that I'm with there in the forest, and this was the most fascinating guy I had ever met. And the conversations that I had with him that day totally changed my perspective. This question, do we exist to serve nature? Does nature exist to serve us? Or is there some mutual reciprocal relationship? This guy totally changed my perspective. Now, he was the chief. Um, Now, he told me how he gets to become the chief. Uh, and as we walked up this huge hill slash mini mountain, um, or that's certainly how it felt at the time, he could tell me as we went up, every single plant that was there in this hugely dense forest, he could tell me every plant, tree, its name, uh, any medicinal pers- uh uh, options they had to use it, whether you could eat it and consume it, whether it was poisonous, what it needed to be planted near to survive uh, and thrive. They He knew acres and acres of this forest and he knew everything about it. And I was like, what? Like, Every single... And I, if I'm honest, I thought he was exaggerating. Um, and I was like, literally every plan. And he's like, everything. And then he started to look at me slightly puzzled at why I was so puzzled. And he's like, this is how you become chief here. I have to know everything about this forest. This is the land that we look after. This is our home, and it is home to so much here. And he looked at me and he said, The Amazon are the lungs of the world. He said, You only become chief here if you know everything about it and you know how to care about it. And I'm not going to lie, it stopped me in my tracks. And I couldn't quite compute between, gosh, it feels quite extreme. (laughs) Is this not a waste of life? I mean, I can't even tell the difference between these two plants. And you're telling me they both look green to me. Uh, They both got leaves. And you're telling me that they're really different, that they have different purposes within the land. You could use it differently to heal different parts of your body. Like you're telling me this absolute minute detail and that's what it meant for him to be a leader, to be chief in that community. And it's got me reflecting back on Genesis 1. And these verses that we've probably all heard many times in Genesis 1 about the story of creation and God's, uh, how God made it. And we get to verse 26 to 28. And then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. This guy seems more like the image of God than most other people I've ever met. His deep connection to God's creation stunned me. His care, his knowledge of the minute detail of creation and yet also having this understanding that the rain, the Amazon rainforest were the lungs for the whole world, that this care for this tiny little plant that I would never have noticed was deeply connected to how the entire world functions, exists, can carry on as it is. Those verses in Genesis are hotly debated, they have been for uh, decades or longer, um, over what those words really meant. If you read older versions of the Bible, it talks about having dominion over the earth as, as mankind. Many Christians have used it to argue, well, we can rule over the earth as if it is there to serve us. That's what God gave us the earth for. We don't need to care for it. Um, and those understandings have begun to be challenged. And what does God really mean when he says to rule over? If ruling over looks something like how God rules over, well, we see the example of Jesus as a servant. His understanding of ruling in the kingdom of God was to serve was to lay down one's life for, was to care about the small details and yet never lose sight of the big picture. Now, when we think about our connection with creation in the Western world, I don't know how you feel when I tell that story of this incredible guy that I met in the Amazon. It feels quite far-fetched, doesn't it? It feels like, oh, yeah, but Joe, I can't spend my life studying plants to that detail. I can't even quite identify everything in my garden, if you're anything like me, um, let alone a whole forest. There's so much else to do. I'm so occupied with other things. And I'm deliberately telling you a story that pushes our understanding of connection to creation, Because it's the story that I've found that looks the most like the story in the Garden of Eden. And if we can push ourselves for a minute to step outside of our reality, of these Western constructs of society that has been created for us, that we have been born into, schooled into, this pushes us to reimagine. What did God actually intend our relationship with creation to look like? In the stories that we hear in Genesis, does it look more like my life? Or does it look more like our chief In the Amazon. It's challenging and we need to be pushed outside of our understanding. If we're going to take this value seriously, if we're going to think what it means for us to be connected, reconnected with creation, then we need to understand, as we said at the beginning, this connects with who I am, with who God is, my relationship with myself, with others and with God. Because our broken relationship with creation, our constant use of resources, our mindlessness of what we consume causes problems in places that we don't often see. Now we were visiting this community because uh, one of the partners that Tearfund supports called Paz y Esperanza... Peace and Hope, it's called, uh, and they operate all over Latin America. They're an advocacy organization, particularly advocating for care of the environment. And they work with communities like this, many indigenous communities, who are at threat, not just of their way of life in terms of living in the forest, but their very lives. Now, the chief didn't tell me these stories, but his mum always talked to someone's mum told me many more stories of her son's life being threatened by big corporations who want to get rid of him and communities like theirs because they preserve the rainforest, because the big corporations want to wipe out sways of the rainforest in order to plant trees for palm oil because they're a quick cash crop. They grow very quickly. They absolutely decimate the local environment. They do not have the impact on the world like a rainforest would. It cannot, doesn't create the same ecosystem. But it's quick cash. And the Western world needs palm oil. And so our mindless consumption of palm oil in our soaps, our shampoos, our peanut butter, pretty much half the products that we buy mean that people like my friend here, lives get threatened. Now, Pase Esperanza help them, work with them, train them legally, give them support as they go up in court against the corporations, even some of the governments in these countries, to try to preserve their ways of life, but also the rainforest at large. And again... Are so humbled, this tiny community, who most of us would never know about, and this is one community that replicated all over, are literally standing in front of some of the powers of this world with their bodies and saying, "No, we are going to care for God's creation." Because if we don't, the whole world gets affected. And these people literally putting their lives in between bulldozers and the rainforest to care for God's creation. And we mindlessly consume because the society that we live in has taught us to. Now whether you're aware or not, you have a relationship with indigenous communities like this all around the world. Because our actions have a direct impact on their very lives. And their actions, what they choose to stand up and say and do or not, have a very direct impact on our lives and the lives of our children and our children's children. Because if the rainforest is not preserved then we have major problems going forwards. Now, I don't have time to go into all of those things. Um, I'm told that there will be other opportunities later in the year to revisit some of the, more of the specifics around issues about the climate. But the challenge I want to set us and invite us into thinking more deeply about is what does my connection with creation look like what do I excuse myself with what do I settle for in a western world now I'm not suggesting that we all move to the amazon and live with communities like this although they were a whole lot of fun I've got to say I'm not saying that we will give up our day jobs and go and study plant life and become the absolute experts. But I'm saying that we need to rethink if we're going to take seriously our first mandate in scripture to rule over the earth, to care for it, modeled how Jesus rules over I think we've got a little bit of distance to travel in the West, because in the West, this is what it looks more like. We use two point twelve billion tons of waste. Well, two point two billion tons of waste is produced globally each year. I'm going to run through some of these, and if you've ever heard me talk on this subject, you've probably heard some of these before. Uh, it's stopped clicking. Can someone please help me? Um, Hopefully the next one will come up. Uh, In the UK, we throw away enough plastic to fill two double-decker buses every 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds. Can you imagine that? In that same 30 seconds, in majority world countries, that figure sounds more like 30 double-decker buses every 30 seconds. And that is often because uh, the Western companies go and sell their products in majority world countries. Loads of packaging. There isn't the same amount of infrastructure to deal with waste properly there. Uh, Again, Western caused problems. The next one. Oh, there we go. It's there. Thanks. Uh, 99% of the stuff we buy is thrown away within six months. Next one. Uh, Worldwide, we use around 100 million tons of plastic each year. Next, at least 10% of that ends up in the oceans. That's what our corporate relationship with creation looks more like. As opposed to our community that we uh, just met back in the Amazon. I don't know how this feels. (laughs) Does it feel really uncomfortable? Does it feel inspiring? Does it feel challenging? Does it feel confusing? If we're going to take seriously this reconnection, and I would say not just about our relationship with creation, but we need to understand the shalom of God, how God intended things to be, we need to reimagine and I tell you the stories to help you reimagine, to shake our imaginations out of the Western constructs that we've been given, and reimagine through God's eyes how things ought to be—the shalom of God, things back in their right relationship. And you know, with a better relationship with creation, well, we and we can. Talk other times I 'm sure about how our food is produced and what goes into our body, our relationship with ourselves change. our relationship with God, if we think that our relationship with creation, how we treat his creation, doesn't affect our relationship to him, then I, again we 've been misled, friends. if you lend me your car. And I rag it around town and I, you know, scuff it up curbs and give it back to you. That's probably going to affect my relationship with you. I'm not sure how impressed you'd be. I'm not sure how much respect you felt I had for you. If I didn't take care of what you'd loaned me. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And we treat it in our Western societies as if it has no value. And maybe at some point are we gonna give it back to God and go, Oh, sorry, scratch the side. We cool? We have to reimagine and re understand because we've been schooled into thinking this stuff doesn't matter. It matters to how we bear witness to who God is. It matters to our relationship with our global neighbor. It matters to who we understand ourselves as people. Are we people who care in the way that we rule over? Are we people who abuse in the way that we rule over? Um, if we just skip to the very last slide, I'm just going to leave you some websites with some further reading, if you want to. Um, there's loads more that I could say we're out of time. Uh, but I want to invite you to reimagine and to rethink and to re-understand. If we're ever going to get to the shalom of God, we have to reimagine outside of our Western constructs and reimagine how he wanted things to be, intended things to be, made things to be. I'm going to pray to finish uh, and then hand over. Father, I thank you for this vision of shalom that you give us in your word. I thank, I thank you that that is the life that you invite us into, that you say is still possible in your kingdom, is to be at peace with you, with our global neighbor, with wider creation, with ourselves. And God, we ask that you would take us on a journey. Help us to reimagine what that really looks like. Would you help us to be people who walk on that path with you towards restoration, reconnection? Be people who are bringers of your kingdom speakers of good news to the whole of creation. In your name, Jesus. Amen.